social media's leaders and decision makers certainly need to take responsibility for knowingly creating an environment that fosters division. But you and I and all of us, we also have to take responsibility. We can't let ourselves be led by algorithms. And if indeed our brains are also wired for divisiveness, then we need to be mindful of what we post, what we share, and what we say in response to someone's posts. We need to communicate with one another like the mature, conscious adults that we can be when we choose connection over divisiveness, collaboration over competition, kindness and understanding over righteousness and hostility. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. In this episode, we need to talk about communication related to something you've probably heard in the last few days, and that has to do with communication on social media. And because there are a few things I want to mention, this is the first of three episodes devoted to social media communication. In this episode, I like to talk about the use of social media for connection or to foster divisiveness and pain, and offer you some ways to ensure you're using social media with awareness and intentionality. Whether you're younger or older than I am, and whether you use social media a little, a lot, or not at all, I think you'll find this episode interesting and hopefully compelling. When I started working as a communication coach, I never imagined I would have so many sessions helping my clients navigate communication on social media. I had several coaching sessions in which a client shared that they posted something vulnerable, such as an experience of sadness, fear, anxiety, or pain. And when they made these posts, Their share was met with patronizing comments such as, get over it, you're too sensitive, or even some disturbing piece of advice that was completely uncalled for. These responses elicited further sadness, fear, anxiety, or pain. And of course, they created disconnection between them and the other. In other sessions, my clients would respond to someone else's post with a question. In these instances, my clients were curious about how the other person reached a particular conclusion, or they wanted to know if the other person was open to civil discussion. And in these occasions, my clients were shamed, criticized, and even bullied, or to use social media terminology, they were trolled. If you've studied with me, are on my mailing list, or listened to this podcast, you've heard me say many times that we are wired for connection. And yes, the fields of neuroscience, anthropology, linguistics, and psychology, they all prove this fact. Yet, the testimony of Frances Haugen, former Facebook data scientist, before a Senate subcommittee about Facebook's algorithms change in 2018, 
is leaving us with the following question. Are we also wired for divisiveness? The Facebook files that the Wall Street Journal released found an internal document from Facebook presentation that said, and I quote, our algorithm exploits the human brain's attraction to divisiveness. Let me explain because I don't want to assume that you know what I'm talking about. Social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and others operate using algorithm, a complicated set of mathematical equations. This algorithm determines what you see on your page or feed when you open the social media app. And then the way you engage with your page or feed gives information back to the algorithm so that you keep seeing the kind of information you're more likely to engage with. In 2017, it was discovered that Facebook was promoting misinformation, political divisiveness, and polarity, and increasing mental issues for people with mental health. So in 2018, Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook CEO at a congressional hearing, said that Facebook would make changes to the platform to make it healthier. He said, and I quote, It's not enough to just connect people. We have to make sure that those connections are positive. It's not enough to just give people a voice. We need to make sure that people aren't using it to harm other people or to spread misinformation. And later that year, there were ads about Facebook changing the algorithm to promote, and I quote, deeper and more meaningful social interactions with people you care about. This was called MSI meaningful social interactions. However, what that change did was to push content that provoked more reactions. The kind of content that incentivizes toxicity and elicits anger and divisiveness. This would be the equivalent of more people yelling at each other, but on social media. And the more divisive the content was, the more viral it got. The content this new algorithm was pushing was not just increasing political divisiveness. It also spread misinformation, violence, and generated a lot of disconnection, distress, and pain. For example, it pushed content to teenagers with body issues and eating and mental disorders, more content that further increased their suffering. What Francis Haugen did detailing how much Facebook knew about the harm it was causing and how it continued to amplify hate speech and violence inciting content is a call to action not only to Facebook, but also to you, to me, and all of us. Social media's leaders and decision makers certainly need to take responsibility for knowingly creating an environment that fosters division. But you and I and all of us, we also have to take responsibility. We can't let ourselves be led by algorithms. And if indeed our brains are also wired for divisiveness, then we need to be mindful of what we post, what we share, and what we say in response to someone's posts. We need to communicate with one another like the mature, conscious adults that we can be when we choose connection over divisiveness, collaboration over competition, kindness and understanding over righteousness and hostility. We are responsible for the kind of environment we are creating 
when we post something on social media. And here are a few things you can do. Number one, slow down and check your intention. Frances Haugen mentioned that the Facebook civil or integrity team suggested that if the algorithm could slow us down, this would give people the ability to think before they shared or commented to a reactionary piece. I talked about triggers and the relationship to speed in detail in podcast number 13, so you can go and check that out. The gist of it is that the faster we communicate, the more likely we are to generate harm. So next time you see a triggering or reactionary post on your feed, I am going to ask you what I ask my clients. If you know the person who posted it, call them on the phone and have an honest human discussion about it. And if you're not going to do that, ask yourself, what is my intention in posting this? And if your intention is to be righteous, to put the other in their place, to shame them, to fuel the fire, to generate divisiveness or pain, please reconsider responding or sharing at all. This is a way of slowing down. Number two, communicate your values and intention. If you are about to share an article that could create divisiveness, then first read the whole article. And secondly, before you hit post or send, write on your post why you're sharing that article and what kind of connecting discussions you would like to generate by sharing this article. You can write about the universal human values that led you to share that article and ask others to read the whole article first and then invite them to connect to those same universal human values before they respond. You and I both, we have the power to further the divide, to foster pain and increase suffering with the language we're using to communicate. And you and I both, we also have the power to generate connection, promote kindness, and bring forth peace and healing with the language we're using to communicate. Number three, understand the limitation of communicating over social media. I can tell you from my experience working with thousands of people who have conflict that when they are face to face with one another, or when they can see or hear one another, they're more likely to communicate with one another in ways that decrease disconnection. When we are indulging our triggered state on social media, we're doing so because social media is asynchronous. We're not in the same place together at the same time. And by not having the other person in the flesh in front of us or not having access to their tone of voice, we don't get to witness the kind of impact our words have on this other precious human being. There's no room for negotiation, for immediate dialogue or deep discussions. Why? Because when we read a post that we didn't write, we know from psycholinguistics that we add a tone to what we're reading using our internal reading voice, which changes tones depending on what we're feeling. So the other person may have written something in a very neutral tone, but when we read it, our internal reading voice adds an aggravated tone. So it's just too easy to dehumanize the other and make a comment that makes an enemy of the other. It's easy to make assumptions that are out of touch with reality or to respond to a comment we received with a reaction that's way out of proportion 
and that creates further division, drama, trauma, and disconnection. So remember your power to choose connection and peace. And by the way, the clients who have been working with me on their social media communication are experiencing less stress and disconnection because they have learned how to use social media consciously and move away from their triggering reactive communication patterns. And if you would like to know how to bring forth more connection to your life and your relationships, including when you are interacting in social media, I invite you to the six-week online course I'm teaching called Choosing True Connection, learning to listen without losing your cool, taking it personally, or giving up who you truly are. I just added a bonus about transformative communication on social media. Go to languagealchemy.com forward slash enroll. To recap, in this episode, I shared about the power of your communication to create connection or disconnection in social media. And I taught you three things you can do to bring forth connection and peace when you interact with other members of our precious human family on social media. I know that given a choice to harm or to heal, you would choose to heal. And if you want to learn how to do it, I highly recommend to go and check out the six-week online course called Choosing True Connection that I'm starting soon. Registration is open for a couple more days. Go to languagealchemy.com forward slash enroll. And in the meantime, as you interact with others on social media, may you choose connection with every post. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my client, Matt B., for learning how to connect with others in a conscious way using social media. Next week, I'm going to talk about social media and your internal dialogue. Until then, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com. Mm-hmm.